Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hey, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fandoms, so a book, movie, TV show, fidget web series, game. fidget toy, whatever. Fidget spinner. Yeah, that's the thing the kids love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have a rich um, narrative tapestry Exactly. <laughs> and then put that together with another fidget spinner of fandom and... Um, and do sick tricks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like kissing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just make them kiss. Yep. It's very, it's a very niche podcast. It but, really is. You know, I think we found our audience. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> there sure are at least four of you out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and Annie, we've done that 30 times now. Wow. I know. That's a lot of fidget spinners. That is. Yeah. We're just the, keeping them moving. Yeah. Um, just, just like sharks. Exactly. <laughs> fidget spinners don't move, they die. It's true. If you ever actually are fi- spinning a fidget spinner and you stop it, it just starts screaming because it's actively dying. Yeah. So it's why kids are so obsessed with them. They they're, just have a lot trying. of care. Yeah, they're really yeah. trying to keep the tiny fidgets alive. They've got a lot of love in their hearts. I don't think I've actually seen a fidget spinner in real life. Obviously, I'm not a teacher because you have to deal with that all day long if you're a teacher. Oh, you can 3D print them at the Brandeis Library. Oh, wow. So all the teachers hate you. Mm -hmm. Although a lot of the staff actually has them. Well, well. staff. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) not teachers. goodbye, children. (laughs) I'm going to go spin my way into a new dimension. Exactly. (laughs) And hey, speaking of new dimensional travel, uh, at least 50% of the time, what are we talking about today? Today, we are crossing over Luther and Con. Contact. We'll see which one is the interdimensional traveler in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't you tell us about that big Idris Alba shaped fidget spinner that is Luther? Um, that is a real disturbing fidget spinner. I frankly. bet there's one with his face on it out there somewhere. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so Luther is a UK TV crime drama following Detective Chief Inspector John Luther as he solves crimes often by using less than administratively approved techniques. Not in the handbook. No, he is a... Uh, a rogue cop. Yeah. Yeah, like who doesn't follow the book. He's got to turn his gun and badge in like every episode. Yeah, like seriously. It's like everybody's like, Luther, no, please. We have protocol. Please fill out a form. Please. We have, we've had to let so many criminals go. Just one form, please. <laughs> uh, Luther is played by Idris Elba, um, for which he and the show received great recognition. As they should. Oh, yeah. Like I remember once when I was um, – working on on masterpiece and we actually were contacted because it was like emmy submission time and the the emmy people were like oh and they asked something about luther and i was like oh that's not us but i wish it were yeah and they were like me too (laughs) (laughs) so we all love it yourself yay um the show currently has four very short seasons and a fifth season is supposedly airing in 2018 and like, it's sort of an irregular season. It really is. Schedule. I guess like, it's probably like when he's available. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's got stuff going on. And I think mm-hmm. the first season had like, you know, six or seven episodes. And then like others have had like four and three. It's, it's the Britishest thing. Exactly. It's like you get the TV that we give you and you right. better enjoy and it. you take it and like it. And usually please, you do. Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> more? You want more, Luther? Yes, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the show follows John Luther as he solves violent and disturbing crimes while struggling with his own personal and professional life. Um, so in the first season, Luther is trying to catch a serial killer while also developing a weird emotional relationship with brilliant psychopath Alice Morgan, who murdered her parents, um, and struggling to connect with his ex-wife and establishing himself back on the job after suffering a nervous breakdown um, while um, on the job. Which so, sounds pretty understandable, given the kind of crimes that Luther goes after. Oh, yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, um it's yeah just like it's a show that is is deeply engaging but also like makes me feel like i should not be watching it Mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, so Luther is constantly caught between the pursuit of deeply disturbing criminals, despite his use of questionable tactics like, you know, like punching people. Beating and, people up a lot. Yeah, like going to find information without a warrant, like that oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Like the, the the wire team would not be excited about no, his, they would not. his system. David Simon's like really disappointed in Idris Elba. He's like, I thought I taught you better than that. <laughs> and Idris Elba's like, I do what I want. Exactly. I'll do what I want. Yeah. I'm Idris Elba. I do everything. Look at me. I'm beautiful. <laughs> and he is. He is. What a specimen. That's why man. we watch the show along with its like horrifying portrayal of crime and his way good acting yeah exactly um but yeah so this is a note this is a really dark show like the killers that luther pursues are violent um often against women and there's really not a lot of hope presented in how the world functions here um so this is not for casual fun watching like i think it's actually really good that there are so few episodes per season because Boy, do they pack a lot in those episodes. <laughs> they really get a lot in. Well, it's funny because, like, this is more of, I mean, it's a you show of the two of us. Like, you're yeah. the one who oh, watches yeah. Luther, I and watch I, I'll watch it if it's on or yeah. you know, I enjoy it. But, like, and it's it's a very off-brand show for Annie. Oh, yeah. Like, I had a hard time thinking of um, shows that I could recommend along with this. And, like, even books because I don't read or watch a lot of like intense crime drama mystery things because mm-hmm. I find them deeply disturbing <laughs> and like this is so deeply disturbing like there's one I can't remember if this is season two or three but like there's one killer who like he comes up to these this guy pumping gas and just starts beating him like Ooh. I think with like a baseball bat and people in the gas station convenience store thing are like watching this happen and they're like oh my god like they're acting like normal people where they're like right. what is going on Someone needs to do something. what should we do like please lock the door like Ooh. and it's it's it was like living that horrifying experience just watching it because it's like this intense like violence paired with like normal people and like sort of stylish filmmaking but yeah. not like slick it's no like, exactly it's yeah. like it's just kind of like this gritty again like crime drama mm-hmm. film process paired with like regular life yeah and so i'm not, i i don't want to jump on the themes if you're yeah. going to get to it but um what was the thing that sort of made you decide to watch this show specifically Idris Elba. It, okay yes that's what i figured <laughs> light of my life and, uh, um but i just i'd heard really good things about it um and i like it i enjoy the uk mystery thing because you know like the masterpiece mystery series has mm-hmm. a bunch of fun ones but they're often set in historical it's time like hercule poirot or yeah like... um or like endeavor um mm-hmm. and um oh what's the other one um well miss fisher well no but that's not masterpiece oh, mystery, that's right that's, that's bbc I mean, or bbc canada no it's the australia australia um but yeah like shows like that where it's like fun mystery thing and like can be kind of creepy um but this is very much like hardcore Mm -hmm. like contemporary like i would i would pair this as a thriller basically over like being a mystery series it's like it's like csi on steroids yeah like what intent like if you paired csi with like the wire or csi on bath salts yeah because it gets way more aggressive it's so aggressive like it's (laughs) deeply aggressive so Um, but like as someone who doesn't watch a lot of that or like read a lot of that i still find it really engaging on on an emotional level and but like i had to take it very slow like and that kind of dark stuff i feel like works if there's a compelling central character even if they're flawed yeah it's if you have someone who you can at least connect to yeah and you're still rooting for him despite how deeply flawed he is and like i love the rules like i am certainly <laughs> this is like, true lawful good and he is he is definitely chaotic good yeah this is from annie cardi adventure oh. of the justice bears exactly like <laughs> yeah i should i feel? absolutely talk about the justice so bears. especially when i'm driving if someone like you know how they'll like if you're going in the right turn lane and someone like looks like they're going straight but then they're like oh no i'm gonna try and get into your lane instead of waiting my turn does a generally annoying traffic yeah then i'm like i'm so angry at them but i used to feel like this kind of sense of impotence because i couldn't do anything i'm not gonna like get in a fight with someone Mm -hmm. but then i would just be like they're gonna die by bears because that they're so awful that one day 
the justice bears will come and eat them alive. It's true, and it'll be terrible. Yeah, but exactly. they'll know why. It's also, happening. the bears are on fire. Yeah, it, oh, that's right. I forgot like, about that, like that the, part of the Justice yeah. Bear mythos. It's very like old school Bible of like the burning bush, where it, like it keeps burning. Yeah, the bears are always burning, it but feel, they never burn up. It feels very like Nordic, like yes. very, very Viking based Ragnarokian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So oh. yeah, Justice Bears are out there. Yeah, but I I always appreciate it because it is a better curse than like you know you don't want to say to somebody i hope that person dies yeah because i, I mean because they're going to die someday you want to pick something at least but a little implausible them, yeah I, like if they get eaten by bears on fire i'll be like wow by I, permaflame bears boy did i call that one <laughs> <laughs> it's true at that point you start looking into psychic businesses yes. because yeah but tell me about some characters um so much like the justice bears um detective and in- chief inspector john luther is always out for justice and always on fire yeah um, so he is our anti-hero, uh, single-handedly trying to save London from the worst of the worst. This is in all caps in the show. Yeah, notes, oh my yes. god, like literally the worst. <laughs> um, and not trying to destroy himself in the process. And is it is it just like serial killers? Like Basically, is it, it's yeah. like creepy serial killers. Like, like gas that, station baseball Batman? Yeah, is that like his Yeah, ML? like, well, there was, he did that, and then I'm pretty sure he was the same guy who like... Like it was, you know, that people were in traffic and he started trying, like he, like trying to open people's doors oh, and geez. someone was unlocked and he like pulled them out and like beat them. Like, Woof. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like Ooh. real disturbing. I don't like that at all. No, it's so upsetting. <laughs> Why do I watch this I'm show? I'm Idris Elba caught him. But yeah, that's the thing. I can always count on Idris Elba to like find these bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also Alice Morgan, who is a brilliant psychopath who develops a weird bond with Luther. Um. So in the very first episode, she shows up as as like someone who, you know, she comes in and it's like, my parents were murdered. Mm-hmm. And he figures out that it's like, she's not a normal person. She's like a femme fatale, Hannibal yeah. Lecter kind yeah, of thing. But yeah, but like, she's like real into him because mm-hmm. he's brilliant as well. Right. Um, so they have this like Sherlock, Sherlock Moriarty thing going on, but also are kind of friends. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, like <laughs> we, it's weirdly in a world that is very upsetting. This yeah. is like a strange bright point you find your light where you can get it yeah because you're like oh Alice I'm glad that you have a friend now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're trying not to just be the worst (laughs) murder too many people murder too many of your parents (laughs) I mean you just got the two yeah there you go Um, there's Detective Sergeant Justin Ripley, a fellow police officer who supports Luther despite his questionable tactics. Mm. Detective Superintendent Martin Schenk, who wants order in the police department but respects Luther's ability to solve crimes. Is he like the give me your gun and badge guy? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, there's Detective Sergeant Aaron Gray, who is a smart and hardworking detective who's deeply suspicious of Luther Ooh. as a police officer, um, which is like a tension I really like because like... Mm-hmm. She she's a good cop and like she wants to get things done the right way. Right. Um, and she and, can see the way that he is like a, a problem. Yeah, exactly. That. Like she she sees that he is way out of line mm. in a lot of ways and does not want this on the police force. Um, so that's yeah, that's a cool t- like interdepartmental tension. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Detective Chief Inspector Ian Reed, who is a friend of Luther's and whose tactics are even more questionable than Luther's. Oh, good. And who ends up being the worst. Oh. Um, there's Zoe, Luther's ex-wife, who still loves Luther in a way, but has a much more stable life without him. Um, things do not end up so great for Zoe. Yeah, I feel like every time I see a female character name on this listing, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, so far, Alice is doing okay. <laughs> it's true. Um, and there's Jenny Jones, who's the daughter of a man Luther sent to prison. And Luther ends up helping Jenny escape from a pr- prostitution slash adult film ring. Oh, nice. um, so, yeah, like, in their, their small moments throughout the series where... Redemption. You, you, yeah, and... there you find redemption and um, connection. And but that's And he sounds like a character who saves others at the expense of himself. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's, like, a big kind of theme kind of working into that um so a big theme here is the world is seriously messed up <laughs> like the criminals on luther aren't just the bad guys they are the seriously disturbed bad guys and this is a horrifying bleak look at the seedy underbelly of london mm-hmm. like do never. i would say don't go out alone at night uh, in the luther world but also don't go out during the daytime yeah. don't be home at at any time no there's no safe place. Run. Just run. Just run. Um, <laughs> Never stop running. And 
Also, the good guys are seriously messed up. Like, Luther's the most brilliant cop around, but he doesn't go by the book, and he makes really questionable choices. Um, mm. So he's a huge anti-hero. And, like, Alice occasionally swings to the good side in weird ways. Yeah. But she's also a deeply disturbed psychopathic right. killer. And she does it for her own reasons. Yeah. Um, but along with that, you can find redemption and connection in uh, unlikely places. Uh, like, even though the world of Luther is super dark, uh, there are moments of light and connection, like Alice being a weirdly loyal friend to Luther, um, and he manages to overcome the bad, although not without cost, mm-hmm. um, kind of time and time again. Cool. Um, so things I like and think other people were like, obviously, Giselba is awesome. Like, this is one of his big bre- breakout roles, along with The Wire. Um, and it's great to see him as the lead character. Yeah. Like, he owns this show. Yeah. I love the supporting characters. Like, Ruth Wilson is as Alice is so creepy and intriguing. And the fellow police officers like Aaron Gray are engaging, um, even while they're fighting against Luther and his methods. Um, but really, this is Idris Elba's show. Yeah. And he's somebody, like, he is so good at conveying, like, gears turning under the surface. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can see him really making, like, layered choices. Yeah, he has such a calm exterior and such a sort of in-control persona. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, you you can see him working as a character, not as an actor. Yeah. Um, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um and this is, again, like a really intense show, which is a, a thing that I like. Like, it, it very much commits to its world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want something that's deeply disturbing while also feeling r- really real, like Luther is it. Yeah. To make sure that you always lock your door when you're sitting in traffic. Lock your door when you're sitting in traffic. Lock your doors at home. <laughs> Carry like, a taser with you at all times. Yeah. Like, go to bed with a taser. Yep. Like, it's so upsetting. <laughs> there would be so many taser bed-related accidents I know, now. right? Like, <laughs> but it's better than getting kidnapped by, like, a cannibal murderer. That's so, true. you know, Most there you things go. Are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, on a lighter side, yeah, let's fl- talk about contact. Flawless segue. Yeah. Uh, no, let's oh, dear in. God, let's escape this dark, seedy underbelly. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, Contact is a 1997 film directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, based on a book by Carl Sagan and his wife. Um, Sagan and his wife actually originally wrote it as a film treatment in 1979, uh, but after it got optioned it went through a long period of stalled development um so eventually sagan adapted it into a novel which then rebooted interest in the film because it became a best-selling novel thanks hollywood Uh, yay uh and got things moving along again although it still got swapped around between a number of different directors most notably george miller of mad max fury road himself um who was attached to the project in a really big way but uh eventually the studio essentially fired him it was kind of messy and brought in uh, Robert Zemeckis who finally made the film Um, sadly Sagan died during the course of the filming and so never actually saw the film completed Um, but he came to the set a few times and did some rewrites and stuff Um, the basic synopsis the movie focuses on Eleanor Ellie Arroway uh, an astrophysicist working for the the SETI search for extra intel excuse me search for extra terrestrial intelligence there it is we're going to find them. Those we're gonna, we're gonna get those aliens. We're going to get them. Com. Search for extraterrestrial <laughs> intelligence. Nailed it. Project at the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. Um, Ellie is fascinated with the idea of listening to radio frequencies to try to find intelligent life in space, uh, which puts her in conflict with David Drumlin, the president's science advisor and a former teacher of hers who feels that she's wasting her potential. Boo. Yeah, boo. Don't mansplain aliens to yeah, me, Drumlin. Be, it's going to be a big old theme. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> get hey strap in and get used to it <laughs> buckle up feminists yeah uh while in puerto rico ellie meets palmer joss a journalist philosopher lay layabout who he's just Ugh. pretty standard matthew mcconaughey dude bro um he's all just all about just but like somehow famous yeah he's all about just well not not at this point oh at this yeah point, he's just bumming around he's just like you know getting in touch with something greater man yeah um, this is our second week in a row matthew mcconaughey that's true. Wait, did we have him before as well? Probably. He oh, haunts us. Oh my god. With his bongos in the up, night. Right? Um anyway. And I keep getting mad at him. It's anyway. true. Um he does a fine job. Um Ellie hooks up with him and then ghosts because nobody spends time with Matthew Bigonhay for the sparkling conversation. She gets what she's there for. Yeah, right. Um Drumlin uh, shuts down Ellie's work in Puerto Rico, but she and her team get funding from the mysterious billionaire benefactor, S.R. Haddon, who uh, uses his connections to get Ellie 
time on the very large array in New Mexico. Um, he sort of takes uh, a liking to her after she totally uh, yells at one of his assessor people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is all very convenient because while working there, she picks up a frequency of unknown origin being beamed to Earth, uh, which seems to undisputably come from an intelligence source. It takes the form of the first television signal broadcast to space, which is Hitler giving a speech at the Berlin Olympics, um, which is a really creepy moment in the movie and like a really nice sort of idea of like if this if aliens bounced back what they saw yeah. of us this is the first thing they saw yeah which is so upsetting mm -hmm. um but also i mean obviously deeply relevant into today's society mm -hmm. and i feel like a a sadly good look at what humanity is capable of right exactly. it's like no it's not just like oh hi we have science and music and art it's like we're also terrible yeah and for all of the like government observers watching this signal when it comes in it's like a moment of like oh crap this is like, is this an attack? Like, it changes yeah. the dynamic immediately. Um, Ellie and her team work to decode the signal. Um, they find these sort of layers of information within it, which seem to be in some sort of, sort of encryption. Um, as they do that, the world descends on New Mexico, and the government gets involved, including Palmer Joss, Matthew McConaughey, who is now has written a big best-selling book and is the, president, the president's science advisor because the president in this movie is Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton's just a chill dude who wants to hang out with other chill dudes and just like talk about the universe and stuff that makes a lot of sense yeah frankly. i mean it actually i could totally see bill yep. hiring matthew mcconaughey that's as his how spiritual it would advisor. work out. yeah that's how that's how the 90s were yeah woof um Eventually, they figure out that the alien signal contains plans for some sort of transportation device, um, which will take a single traveler somewhere. Um, and Ellie puts herself into consideration as a candidate to be the person who rides it into space for the first time. Um, she gets beaten out by Drumlin, though, who has decided to put himself in as a candidate. And she loses mostly because Palmer decides that he doesn't want to lose her. And so he nukes her application by asking her in the hearing if she believes in God or not. He's the worst he's the worst um yeah luckily question mark uh, a fundamentalist Christian terrorist blows up the transporter during a test run with Drumlin on the premises and it's honestly like one of my favorite twists in a movie um yeah because I mean they put the the pieces there mm -hmm. like you you see this guy it's not a totally random thing right like he's th he's threaded throughout the film but in a way that could always be incidental to other moments and, and, it, and it just it, seems like oh that he's indicative of this larger push against science and yeah. what ellie is trying to do yeah. so it's like oh he you know we see this guy because there are lots of guys who right, are who trying are to, to her. stop her yeah and then he finds this path and uh and yeah it's really i feel like as a writing lesson it's a really good lesson in in getting the plot to a pretty impossible place where she's not going to go on the trip. She, yeah. you know, Drumlin's going to go instead and finding a solution, which is like both relevant and also really surprising. Yeah. And uh, it's really, it's a really unforeseen moment in the film and I like it a lot. Um, I watched this movie in the theater in like middle school and for some reason Aww. that really stuck with me. Yeah. Um, but turns out, luckily, that S.R. Haddon, eccentric billionaire, has been secretly building a backup transporter with the help of the Japanese government, and he designates Ellie to be the pilot. Um, she goes through all sorts. She goes into the machine, gets dropped down from the crane into a big, glowy, spinny ball thing, and goes through all sorts of 2001 Space Odyssey style wormholes, and meets up finally with the aliens who sent the signal, who take the form of her dead father who's a figure who's threaded in throughout the movie. Um, while she is there, they tell her that this is just the first step of moving Earth and humanity towards taking part in a vast intergalactic community, and they let her know that when humanity is ready, the next step will be taken, and then they send her home. Um, she returns to Earth and finds out that from everybody else's perspective, the machine didn't work. She actually just stayed right where she was, and the whole thing is determined by the government to have been a hoax set up by S.R. Haddon, and Ellie is left still working at the very large array and for some reason dating Palmer Joss. Who's the worst. Yeah, who's the worst because it's the 90s. And, and we couldn't let Ellie be in a female relationship at right. that point. Absolutely. What if she was a lesbian or something? Yeah, right? Maybe. Like we sure do need to pair her up with the worst dude ever. Yeah, seriously. Ugh. But 
A twist ending uh, reveals that video taken of Ellie's journey actually matches her accounts as far as the amount of time that she spent. It's like 18 hours worth of static instead of the half a second that mm-hmm. she was in the pod. And so maybe she went to space after yeah. all. Um, and the movie ends on uh, uh, an optimistic note of that way. Um, characters, uh, Ellie Arroway, uh, badass science fiction, or si- not badass scientist, excuse me. No fiction about her. Well, yeah. Well, she lives in science fiction. It's true. Because this is a movie, but. Oh, oh, that's a I know. If it were a documentary, that'd be awesome. That'd but be I, so cool. But I don't think we talk about like real people here. Yeah, that'd be so. weird. It'd be very weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, she is getting it done despite literally everyone around her, every man around her, but William Fickner being the worst. Um, there's Palmer Joss, one of the aforementioned worst. Uh, he's smarmy and self-satisfied and perfectly embodied by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, he's the spiritual counterpoint to Ellie's scientific perspective. Uh, but you guys, seriously, she's just so much better than he is. Um, he he's the mansplainiest mansplainer who would wear a t-shirt that was like this is what a feminist looks like but yes. then he's the worst yeah he's a soft boy mansplainer he's just yeah. like, i just have all these feelings and because but also of that, I, I don't want to listen to yeah like i just i don't want to listen to your perspective Here, at all take this compass hey I'm you Randy should you should know about directions because ladies don't understand it's true. That. you might get lost also have a little faith baby yeah yeah, right. Anyway. Ellie's awesome. It's true. She's Jodie Foster. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, David Drumlin, uh, even worse than Palmer, or at least more different, straightforwardly different worse. Different Yeah, a different genre of uh He doesn't have joke. a feminist t-shirt, but he sure does hate ladies in the science. It's true. Um, he's a cynical political manipulator. Well, uh, he's basically that guy who got fired from Google for saying that women are too irrational well, to the, work in STEM I feel fields. Like it's interesting that he... He actually appreciates Ellie as a scientist, but then thinks that her focus is wrong. It's like, yeah. no, honey, you you should be doing this over right. here. You should just be doing the stuff that helps me and yeah. that I think is important. I know how the game is played, lady. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's played very well by Tom Skerritt, who's great at being yeah. the worst. Um, S.R. Haddon, crazy old billionaire guy who's dying of cancer and takes a shine to Ellie. Um, he winds up dying on the International Space Station, which seems like a really major inconvenience to the poor Russian astronauts who like have to take care of his dead body and send oh, him back yeah. down. Like, yeah, it's he's, he creates a lot of problems. Um, he's played by John Hurt in a lot of, like, kind of funny-looking, ridiculous age makeup. Um, I didn't recognize him at all, actually. Yeah, no. And he was already old. Like, they really didn't need to. But uh, I guess if he's, like, actively dying over the course of the yeah. movie, they might as well. Um, this character's name is Kent Clark, which I just kind of love. Uh, because it was like Carl Sagan was like, how do I get a Superman reference in here without getting a Superman reference? I don't um, think I even noticed that. Yeah, no, I, they barely ever say his name. Oh, okay. Um, he's the only dude in the movie who's not a total manipulative jerk in one way or another to Ellie, um, which is weird because he's played by William Fickner, who's the bank manager in uh, Batman the Dark Knight, and he's in Heat, and like he plays... <laughs> is the, he? He is. He, is, he is, <laughs> gives off a rich musk. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find him out just rubbing against a tree in order to uh, set the bounds of his territory. But you know, if He's I saw very enthusiastic, if I saw William Fickner rubbing up on a tree, I don't think I would find it out of place. He's a weird guy, and he plays a lot of weird characters. And maybe he has a musk. Who knows? I bet he does. All of which is to say he plays Ellie's blind partner in science and Annie thinks that they should have ended up together. Because I was obviously smelling that much. It's full, chock full of pheromones. Um, but they they are two people who deeply respect each other. They obviously have an affection for each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, it's a movie set in the 90s, but like I could either see them both as being like gay people or or end up together. Yeah. Like, but they they understand each other a lot. And Absolutely. I just think we should get Matthew McConaughey out of this movie. Yeah, just kick him out. Um, also, James Woods and Rob Lowe pop up in the film as other terrible guys um, and do very well at being terrible guys. Um, yeah. James Wood because of Method and Rob Lowe because exactly Rob James good at that. Wood just shows up. And yeah, James Wood just showed up on. T- I'm James really just, angry at everybody in this movie. James, <laughs> James Woods just showed up on set and started screaming at people, and Robert Zemeckis was like, "Start filming! Start yeah, filming!" Right. <laughs> He wore a military outfit, just just because. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Um, themes and fun stuff, uh, science and religion can coexist. Um, a lot of this movie is Sagan and Zemeckis' argument for the fact that philosophically there's no need for deeply held religious beliefs to be in conflict with the kind of understanding that science provides. Um, it would be more effective if Palmer Joss weren't such a smarmy skis, but it still ends up making the point pretty well. Um, one of the sort of refrains throughout the movie is this idea that, you know, you look at the stars and you see all these billions and billions of stars, and if there's no one else out there and we're truly all alone, it seems like an awful waste of space, which Aww. is a line that gets traded back and forth a lot. Um, and it, it ties into the kind of... Um, sort of almost agnosticism of science and religion both uh, in this in the purest forms and of like we don't know the answers and you're and it's all about the search for answers yeah. and like your methods can be different but you're both searching for something that is larger than your daily existence yeah and at the end of the movie ellie is essentially in a situation where all she has is her faith that she took part in something um, Although she is actively working on the science to prove yeah, that right. it she's, happened. Yeah, she she's has faith in something that is, in theory, provable. Yeah. So, you know. So that's, yeah, she points. doesn't give up on science. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she doesn't give it all up. Um, uh, there's also a lot threaded through the film um, that hints at this idea of, like, potentially the SR hadn't actually making a hoax um even like the way that the radio signal arrives right when ellie's at the array after he's already set her up and all of the sorts of you know the filmmakers try to make it an ambiguous kind of moment but it's still totally aliens guys oh yeah i never thought it was like a hoax yeah and i think that's because the movie is so on ellie's side yeah at all times yeah you're not supposed to think that she's just like a Crazy. banana pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just caught up in these, this hoax. Just wearing those banana pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm imagining them like um, MC Hammer pants, but yeah. like yellow and, and stiffer. And like, and forcefully curved. Yes. Like they have, a, they have a ridge in them. And so they're very, very uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. She would never wear those. No, she would not. Um, another big theme of the film, uh, being a woman in science is hard because everyone around you is terrible. Um, this is actually the message that sort of most surprised me when we rewatched it recently, um, because it still is entirely current in a way that, you know, I feel like you watch a lot of movies from the nineties and there's a lot of commentary to be had about how women are treated in different fields or the way that men are overconfident and mansplaining and all of that. But usually it's, those observations are made at the expense of films from that time period, whereas this is a movie that had that all in its mind already. Oh like, yeah, it is so from her from her perspective, and it's as frustrated as she are by as, excuse me as she as she am. <laughs> she am very <laughs> Ellie, frustrated. Ellie mad at Musk of men. Huh. <laughs> 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 All of which is to say, the movie's on her side. Um, it's certainly depressing how little has changed and how current the film still yeah, right. feels without saying anything particularly revolutionary. Um, but it's really nice to see uh, Carl Sagan and his wife sort of on tapping the side into of... and telling that story. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure this was certainly a conversation at the time, but like, I don't remember as much of a conversation about Mm -hmm. how women are treated in STEM when I was, you know, in middle school. Yeah. Um, So I think part of it is just that there are more women are speaking out about how they're they're smart and competent and should have a place at the table. And I think it it speaks also to um, it being written by people who had worked at the sciences. Oh, yeah. These are people who had observed this kind of thing happening to female scientists, where I think a lot of just writer types, if you if you don't work in a field, you don't necessarily think of the treatment of women or minorities in that in that field. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, we obviously now have films and books like Hidden Figures, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's certainly set before this. But I think it's it's both good to see that there is more conversation about like women in the sciences mm-hmm. and sad that we are still having to tell those stories. Right. That we can watch a movie from the 1990s and because it is honest about the way that many women in this field are treated, it feels like revolutionary and fresh and new. Yeah. Because like what other, bummer. yeah. Like what other films are there that are about like women actively working in the sciences? Like they're mm-hmm. very limited. And that are about that in a way that in an almost oblique way. Like, it's not the central mission of contact to, like, yeah, be about you, a woman persevering in the sciences. Yeah, it it's just, like, 
layers those experiences onto As, a story. Like, this is, yeah, this is part of her struggle because she works in this field. Right. It makes her a full character because it's a fact of her life. Yeah. It's not the thing the movie's about. Um, and the last big theme is Robert Zemeckis sure does love visual effects. Um, this is before he went totally over the bo- overboard uh, with Polar Express and Beowulf and all the motion capture stuff. But he still finds lots of ways to like bring Sagan's kind of mind-bending alien journeys yeah. to life. They also got in trouble because they doctored footage of Bill Clinton giving a speech to make it oh, sound like yeah. he was responding to alien signals. And the White House was not happy. Oh, but, boo. You know, the things we do for art. And yeah. like... I feel like for some of the the visuals for the time being were really good, like all mm-hmm. the the different facial expressions as she goes through the wormhole. Yeah. Um, but then also it's like they get to the alien conversation space, and it's like here's a beach from a screensaver. Yep. Yeah. It's really like they're on a Windows desktop. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, I'm sure at the time it was like, wow, look at that beach. The and waves are going backwards. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That must have taken, what, five minutes, ten minutes? Oh. <laughs> um, but all of which is to say Contact's a great movie. Slightly more optimistic and uplifting than Luther, I would say. Yeah. But, um, hey, let's find the the median point by crossing these two yes. things over. Um, so thematically, uh, treatment of women seems yeah. not to be great in either world. No, it's real hard being a woman mm-hmm. here. Um, also, people who are working against the established order. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, even though, I mean, Ellie is still trying to find grants, just do mm-hmm. normal science. She's not like punching people to get what she needs. Yeah. Um, but people who are still doing things that their superiors tell them they should not be doing yeah. while they're trying to find the thing that they think is right. Yeah. And the way that structures can stand in the way of progress. Um, yeah. Of, you know, that kind of thing. Although I would I would. I think that most of the rules that Luther is breaking are probably there for pretty good reasons. For a reason. Like, yeah. okay, Luther, I get it, but I'm glad you're the only one. Yeah. It's sort of like, I feel it's sort of like in Legally Blonde, where she wins the case at the end, and it's like, okay, you got that one because of this very specific situation. Yeah, and that you asked about, like, the timing of hair dye and right. the, the witness, like, exploded versus, like, okay, well, that is that is something to bring up, and yeah. that throws doubt on your story, but I don't think that... This it's, would necessarily make the witness explode and confess at the end of the, the Right. So case. like it's in Luther, it's like, okay, you broke the rule and it worked in this situation. But like, maybe don't do that every time. Yeah. Maybe. Again, like I can see why Aaron Gray is not all that enthused about him. It's true. Otherwise, you're going to run a file of the Justice Bears. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, other thematic crossovers? This one's tough. Yeah, um, dudes are the worst. Yeah, many dudes. The, the, the mirrored image of the first theme yeah. <laughs> crossover. Well, just the ladies way. have it rough. Dudes are the worst. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think that that's that's really yeah. as far as we're going. I but so. I mean, um, not thematic exactly, but two very strong lead performers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I th- I like that. Yeah, like these are really, like Jodie Foster is Contact yeah. and Idris Elba is Luther. Jodie Foster is Contact. <laughs> Ellie Arroway Contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she gets married to the aliens at the end. Aww. Um They're better than Matthew McConaughey. Seriously. Oh, anyone but Matthew McConaughey. Um, so, yeah. So, the thematic stuff is, you know, a little more tenuous, but something that we can really invest in is the physical crossover of these realities. Yes. What's shaken? Okay, so first of all, like, I feel like the, uh, um, like, super fundamentalist religious zealot guy, Mm -hmm. he is straight out of a Luther. Oh, yeah. He he, stepped out of Luther's universe. Yeah, like, he he has been killing people. Mm -hmm. Like, he's got bodies in his basement. And he sees Ellie, and he's like, "Ah, she's my next target. She's the one. She's yeah, because she's me. she is gonna mm-hmm. bring the aliens upon us, and I'm yeah. a banana pants serial killer. And he does wear the banana pants. He does. He does. It's, and you know what? It's the '90s. He fits right in. It's true. He can move undetected. <laughs> because everybody's got their hammer pants on. Exactly. Um, so I'm thinking, yeah, like Luther is investigating mm-hmm. some like really sketchy goings on yeah. surrounding. Like maybe it's lady scientists, mm-hmm, like um, fundamentalist cult in general. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. And it's and in the meantime, Ellie is is doing her work, yeah, mm-hmm. and trying to make people realize that there are aliens. Yeah. Um, is so is this still taking place in the nineties? Is this like the young Indiana Jones of? Luther? I can see that because 
Idris Elba is not like a young man. Like no. he's not old, but it's not like he's like maybe this is him just starting out. Yeah, he's like a, a rookie cop. Yeah, and yeah, he maybe like you know there's a, there's a lot in contact about international governments working together um, to lesser more yeah. or lesser degrees, and so maybe like the Britain side of things. And and I can see the British government like really want or at least like luther's super superiors really stepping in and being like we do not want to mess this up mm-hmm. like you cannot do your usual right like you gotta behave outside yourself. the the lines like cop work and he's like watch me watch me watch me watch me <laughs> um like, yeah so yeah so i think he comes stateside maybe there's like some drama with interpol and like he's gotta yeah you know it's a little bit fish out of water um, so we can get get some comedy in the Lutherverse. Yeah. Um, yeah. How does uh, how does psychopath friend engage in this? Like, where is she? Is she? I, what? See that's... I, I'm, I'm gonna pitch something. Yeah. She's Sr. Haddon's granddaughter. Oh, watch out, Sr. Haddon. Well, he, that's why he goes to space. Yeah, right. He never. He lives on a plane. He can't touch he, the ground yeah. because he heard your warning, and he doesn't go anywhere right? but his plane. Oh my God! Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe, and I guess that's. So if we're casting this early, yeah, like maybe that's good because she's not full on serial killer yeah. yet. She, she hasn't been awoken yet. She, yeah, no, but like she, she's still like real, like sociopathic. Like mm-hmm. she, she does not understand tr- like human emotions. Yeah, um, she, she does not have empathy, mm-hmm. uh, but she is brilliant. Yeah, and maybe she is. Maybe she was also a scientist. Totally, and like dudes are mansplaining to her left and right and she's not having it and no. like maybe like she's working with Haddon and yeah. she she admires her grandfather yeah. and and maybe like he she sees him um keeping an eye out for Ellie or yeah. watching Ellie and so she sort of attaches to Ellie and becomes the sort of protector figure yeah like, and she and Luther team dark up. protector yeah. figure I Ellie, mean, um Alice Morgan yeah I mean I'm honestly protecting like I'm thinking of like an entire side film happening during contact. Yeah, right. Of like off off camera in every scene, Luther and Alice are like catching and killing some right? Christian I, psycho. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and like, and Luther is doing like the cop side of things, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, Alice just murdered someone else." <laughs> oh my god, I've got so many bodies to Here hide. Here we go again. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's like they're happening concurrently, but it's just that like they're they're keeping these cultists out. Uh, or, yeah. or, or away from them um, to and give I everybody like room to breathe. I would be curious to see Ellie and Luther more, like have a conversation. Yeah. Because I feel like Luther, like he's seen so much terrible stuff on Earth. Like mm-hmm. would he find hope in the idea that there's somewhere else? Would he believe that like the universe is just an awful place? Like, yeah. And or maybe we're not even worth worth talking to the aliens. Like. Maybe the aliens should not talk to us because we're terrible. Yeah. Maybe like they have like a final after the after Ellie's traveled, like they have that final get together of the two protagonists. Mm. And it's like they sit and it's like, you know, they're looking out out of the satellite dish. Matthew McConaughey's dead in this reality because Alice tracked him down. Yeah. Uh, I just just didn't like him. And they're they're sitting on like the hood of a car listening on their headphones to the radio telescope because that's how radio telescopes work. And they have like a conversation about like whether they deserve to take this next step. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then in the sequel, Luther goes to space. Oh. And it's grim and gritty. So look out, aliens. I feel aliens. like Luther goes to space is like the Pacific Rim almost. <gasps> yeah. Oh, we could just cross over all the Idris Elba. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I like this. That it's like, it's, you know, you have this really optimistic, uh, I would say a case to be made or a case that, that Luther the show would make was you can have this optimistic, more sort of open hearted story in contact because Luther is yeah, in the shadows. Yeah, Luther is keeping the bad at bay. Mm-hmm. He, and yeah. And and Alice is is bad keeping the bad at bay? Yeah, she's she's uh lawful evil. Yes, she uh, is very lawful evil. Yeah, or lawful neutral maybe. Yeah. She has a code but she's not will she's not afraid to That is true, but like I feel like her her mo is like generally i'm i'm gonna cut you yeah that's true and it's just because she likes luther that she does good every so often yeah she doesn't try to like problem solve her way to better solutions she just stabs people yeah and and not even because it's like oh this person's in my way sometimes it's just like i'm bored Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh yeah I, i can buy that so yeah i think that um 
I don't know that I would agree with the philosophy of this hypothetical crossover story, but I, th- I think that that would be the yeah. case it's making. That like you can you can spend time looking up at the stars because I'm down here in the gutter cleaning stuff out. Yeah, uh, or or that yeah, it's it's about that kind of balance of like you have to take care of the problems, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that you can't have hope. And I think honestly, in a way that I feel contact in the '90s is able to take this kind of philosophical conversation of like science versus faith and all of that the the luther aspect of it feels a little more modern day in this question of like are we worth connecting yeah exactly or are we not like yeah. should humans be saved right because aliens obviously are like you have to we're gonna wait for the next step you have yeah. to be ready you gotta prove yourself what does that even mean right and we sent the the hitler olympics to mm-hmm. them like we're not great yeah no we got some like, work to do yeah right like that is straight up luther universe mm-hmm. i also think i mean i would imagine especially if we're setting this in the 90s that luther being a black man on the police force would face a number of the same or similar yeah. situations to ellie being a female scientist yeah. so they could commiserate over that oh yeah um, um it's yeah you it's hard being the the person who is the minority yeah in this world um and i feel like it's a, and, it's something that luther the show doesn't deal with as much because it's a more modern day setting and yeah it's a little... and like um detective erin gray is also a black woman mm-hmm. um but it's still like a largely white show and yeah. i mean i know less about like the history of black people in the uk and racism in the uk like mm-hmm. so but you know they're there like yeah absolutely that's, that's a real thing there is a history there yeah um but yeah, like I'm, I'm sure that would be an issue for for Luther. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would, they would get to commiserate over yeah. that, over Palmer Joss's shallow grave that Alice, Ron, Alice put him in. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So I guess <laughs> Thanks, we have our, Alice. So I guess we have our first battle dome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't even think that he would see her coming though. No, he really wouldn't. No. Well, she would be very pleasant going up to him. That's She's, true. I mean, Ruth Wilson, I wouldn't say she looks like a normal person because she's very striking. Oh, yeah. She's very, she, yeah. She's definitely very striking. Yeah. And like creepy looking, mm-hmm. but she can blend in. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's hardly a battle dome, but I guess. It, and it, like, you know, Luther versus fundamentalist guy, yeah. like battle dome. She, yeah. He, he's able to take dudes out before they attack. Mm-hmm. I could I could see Luther's chief uh, and um and. David Drumlin going up yeah. against each other, like, oh, okay. like maybe they're they're fighting over the way you know they're they're stepping on each other's toes. Well, or... I'm seeing that in um, uh, Martin De- Detective Superintendent Martin Shank and um, James Woods. Oh yeah, yeah, because they're the more they're, higher level yeah, exactly. figures. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I'm trying to think if there are any other like real battle dumps I want to have here. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like that's okay. I'm I'm good. Yeah. yeah, with the battle domes as they are. I think so. I'm I'm a you know I feel like with the Arrested Development crossover, we were hesitant to subject people to the Bluths. Yeah. I'm a little. I feel hesitant to insert contact characters to put them in too close proximity to any of the Luther characters because I just fear for their safety. I know, but they're not so bad. Like these that's guys. True. Like that. I think that, that's yeah, the thing. All the real bad people. It's like. I, I don't even have them on the character list because it's like season yeah. three serial killers and the like big people. Bats. Yeah. And like the people who they're trying to save. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. these are more um, recurring characters. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think Justin Ripley and um, Kent Clark, Aww. they're doing a lot of the support work. Yeah. And of, you know, they, they trust these people who are making unconventional choices yeah, who are and a little they, unorthodox yeah and they but they really believe in them so i think that's a good best buddies pairing mm-hmm. same with alice morgan and, and sr hadden yeah they, they like weird yes cr- creepy weirdos yep creepy weirdos with a lot of resources <laughs> yes and brilliant creepy weirdos <laughs> yeah so i think they would they would fit right in and i really feel like they're related in this reality yeah i could see that yeah um there's a mentor mentee thing happening um yeah i think drumlin who are who's drumlin getting paired up with He's got to have a buddy out there somewhere. Um, I, you know, because I feel I weird pairing him up as a buddy with Erin um, Gray, but like, I feel like she's someone who understands the game. Yeah, and I think she would know. Like, maybe it's not best buddies, but she could pair up with him because she's like, I'm going to play this game. That's true. And like, he would I be don't a resource she could yes, utilize exactly. So it's 
and he and he navigates the best like he, resources. Yeah, he doesn't like break the rules or anything. He no. just he navigates. So I yeah. think she would try to use him and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it probably wouldn't it wouldn't end great for either of them no. probably. Um, yeah, and kiss your faces is oogie with this one. I know. Well, okay, so. I feel like even though Aaron Gray and Drumlin could be resource buddies, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of want to pair her up with Ellie oh. because she's, again, like a real smart, hardworking lady yeah. in the police, like as a black woman in the police force, that's a hard place to be too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Ellie could bring her over on the side of, of being a little more unconventional, whereas yeah. Luther is too unconventional right. for He's her. He's too far out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, anybody but Palmer Joss. Yeah, right. And like, I want Ellie to have some loving. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's go, ladies. Yeah, have someone who appreciates her. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Does Luther find anyone in this universe? Um. There aren't a lot. I mean, there aren't a lot of other women on his. Yeah, story. and I mean, Luther. I mean, at least on the show, is a straight man. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't know that there are a lot of characters, even if there aren't he a lot was of- by. There aren't a lot of characters in contact who I want yeah, or am able to like the only person beings. that i like who's a dude in um in contact is kent clark and yeah. like i i feel like i don't know i i would need someone who would like deal it with like can do better. <laughs> well i mean he's, he's just not into the musk that's true he doesn't he's not lured by the musk no but like i feel like luther is just such like a a tortured character yeah like he needs someone who can like real help him through that he's got his got and, their stuff together yeah oh you know what maybe he gets together with an alien okay when he goes to space they've pretty they've got it together they're pretty that's chill true. um they're like hey Luther, come hang out on the intergalactic highway yeah um i'm just saying yeah. it's an option i mean i mean okay, okay maybe 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 the pod is two people they go to space, Luther and, and Ellie. And he's he's like, I am going to As be there because we've already we've already blown up Drumlin. Yeah, we can't let Ellie right. get blown up too. I need to go to protect her. Yeah. Um. So they go, and maybe Luther decides to stay. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe the aliens want to help him. Yeah. And like they're like, we know you're a loose cannon. Yeah. And then but they're sitting on guy. and they're sitting on that space beach, and one of the aliens is like, Hey, let's make out a little. There. Yep. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> no, they're just happy. But yeah, I think like he's. I can behind. see that as, yeah, actually being like a, a satisfying end to be like, you know what? This is the end of my career. Like I've seen enough real bad stuff right. going on. I'm going to take part in something bigger. And now Alice can just go kill everybody for yeah, me. Yeah, maybe she's, she's a little unchecked now. Yeah, right? <laughs> maybe they'll send her back to spa- up to space. Every, just send everybody to space. Keep sending people, sending people to space. <laughs> Um, she'll be up on the space station with SR Haddon and she'll just live up there. Yeah, there we go. She'll probably kill all the yep. astronauts, but there's only so many of them. <laughs> and like, again, like Alice likes Luther because he's so brilliant. So maybe she would find the astronauts okay maybe because they're all real smart too. Oh, she'd be best buddies with the cosmonauts. Because, yeah, because she's like, I just want to be around smart people. Yeah. And, and maybe they could teach her how to have empathy. That's true. Maybe. Empathy, at least vodka. Yeah, right. Girl, you need something. <laughs> oh, man. I like this reality. Yeah. I like this story. It brings Luther to a close. as Possibly the only optimistic ending Luther's going to yeah, get. Seriously, yeah, seriously. Where it's, it's like he gets being... to retire in space. Yeah, he gets to leave the Earth entirely. Yes. Oh, um, good boy, Luther. Good boy. <laughs> We've had too much time. He turns into a dog human. Oh. <laughs> it's, space travel is very convoluted and weird. <laughs> That's weird. That was a weird road to go down. Yeah. No, he's just in space and he's He's in space. (laughs) Uh, Well, cool. Uh, If people want to get some more depression and grim and grittiness before they get their hopeful optimism, uh, what should they check out? Um, So you can watch The Wire because, hey, it's Idris Elba again. Um, Except this time he's on the criminal side. Um, So this is still a great gritty crime drama, but it manages to have more of an emotional balance. And a larger cast of characters. Oh, yeah. And there's much more protocol involved, Mm -hmm. um, so things aren't going quite off the rails as far. For sure. Um, Which is weird, because I feel like, you know, The Wire is supposed to be this, like, intense, emotionally, like, hitting show, which it Mm -hmm. is. But then I'm like, wow, compared to Luther, it's like, it's got a lot of happy. I think The the Wire tries to be... tries to hew closer to realism. Yeah. It's not as much of a genre show. Yes. It's like, this is a 
a real, and it's, it's trying to be a real situation. Yeah, and they have many more episodes, so they can have, like, real arresting deaths. Yeah, and very like, long, like, long-form storytelling. Yeah, exactly, as opposed to, like, well, there are three episodes, here's all three, <laughs> packed with awful. Here's everybody dying. Everybody dying in terrible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I feel like the the theme of like the world is terrible really hit me for um, Fargo and No Country for Old Men. Oh, absolutely. Um, so both of the Cohen brothers look at police officers encountering the deepest kind, um, the deepest and most disturbing parts of their respective worlds. Um, and Luther is like right in between Francis McDormand and Tommy Lee Jones in his like fictional career. Yeah, absolutely. I like that a lot because it's yeah, No Country is basically just a sequel to Fargo in a lot of ways. Yeah, and like No Country is like this old police officer who's encountered like this deeply disturbing thing that he just can't deal with anymore. It's right. like this is his last job. Yeah, he can't he he doesn't have the capacity to keep adjusting to it. Yeah. And like Fargo is about someone who's like this is the first time they're dealing with something that's not like you know, someone got drunk at a bar and right. stabbed somebody or, like, traffic tickets. It's mm-hmm. like, this is, like, real weird and upsetting. Mm-hmm. And Luther is like, that's my every day, and I'm still <laughs> going to do it. Yep. Um, there is Wallander, about a detective dealing with personal issues while solving crimes in Sweden. Um, this is, um, oh, God, what's his name? Um, Kenneth Branagh. Oh, right. Um, it, of the broody detective world. Broody McBrooderson. Bro- he, yeah, he's having a good time brooding. Um there's Brick, which is a noir film set in high school about a guy investigating the disappearance of his ex-girlfriend. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's career resurgence film. It's yeah, what, that's it's true. It's what reminded everyone how awesome he is. Yeah, like it was like he did 10 Things I Hate About You, kind of disappeared for a while, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he did other things. But yeah. like this was his big breakout back role. Um, yeah, it was like his it was his post TV like this is me being the leading man, and it's Ryan Johnson who's directing the new Star Wars movie. Oh, nice! Yeah, it we was his Star first film. Wars. Um, also, uh, TV fun good times. Yeah. Sort of. Um, Jessica Jones. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know why I thought TV. That's that, Netflix. I've heard... Netflix is TV now. Yeah. Well, then no, it is. But I was like, at first I was thinking Brick was TV, and I'm like, no, that's a movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, tonally, I feel like that matches up with Luther pretty well, especially as the series progresses. Yeah, it gets like, to some dark places. It gets real dark, um, but it's handled in a really wonderful way. And like, an- very anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, things get real bleak. Um, so intense crime dramas I haven't seen, but I've heard really good things about include Top of the Lake, Broadchurch, and Happy Valley. Um, the following two are British crime dramas as well. Mm-hmm. And I, like there seem to be like a lot of them. Yeah. that and, like. And Top of the Lake is Elizabeth Moss, right? Yeah, exactly. Peggy Olsen does crime. Yeah, I think they're doing a sequel to that. I believe so. Well. Yeah, so there's a new one coming out. I need to catch up before they move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't read a lot of mystery so, or thrillers, so please share your rec- recommendations on that front. I would say, um, especially with the character of Alice, I would highly recommend Devil in a Blue Dress, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, oh God, I forget the name of the detective. The movie ad- adaptation is great. Um, I think we've talked about it before. It's Denzel Washington I... as a black private eye in LA in the 1950s but uh Don Cheadle plays his sort of assistant but he he's like his crime world contact and Don Cheadle plays essentially a psychopath like he's so a sociopath. He, he and Alice would hang out oh absolutely there's a great scene where um they beat up a henchman and handcuff him to a car and Denzel Washington leaves to go do recon and leaves Don Cheadle with him um and then comes back and the guy's just dead and Mouse, who's Don Cheadle, looks at him and says, if you didn't want him dead, you shouldn't have left him with me. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> so, that is super Alice. Yeah, it's that philosophy. So for on the book front, um, again, I don't do read a lot of mystery or thrillers, um, but a couple I can recommend from the YA side are Far From You by Tess Sharp about a girl out of rehab on the hunt for her best friend slash love interest murderer. And After the Woods by Kim Savage about a girl who escapes from a kidnapping only to find out that another girl has been murdered a year later and the story of her own kidnapping is not what it seemed to be. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So yeah, how about some some contact feels? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the the easiest recommendation to possibly make about contact is the film Arrival, which came so out good. last year. It's amazing. It's, I think, still my favorite movie of last year. Um, it shares so much DNA with contact that they would honestly make a really great double feature. Um, they pair really nicely together. Um, there's the same sense of wonder and awe at the unknown, the same focus on humanity needing to adapt before joining the larger universe, and 
a lot of the same tension around sort of trying to do scientific work up against the pressures of governmental and social uh, discord. Um, Arrival feels... Yeah, and also um, this undercurrent of people who are trying to destroy your work. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of random people coming to blow stuff up. Mm -hmm. Um, Arrival feels both more like a more global picture of this kind of a story than Contact is, but also stays a very personal journey um, with Amy Adams. Um, I also just really want Amy Adams and Jodie Foster to like be friends and start a science club yeah. together. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, it's just a beautiful film. Uh, I think it also, Jeremy Renner plays a character who is a much better version of what Palmer Joss was supposed yes. to be as the, a sort of supportive male role. And I guess because in uh, Palmer Joss is supposed to be like the voice of faith, Vom. Mm-hmm. Um, not for faith, but just he is, I don't want him to be the voice of it. Yeah, um, exactly. But. I feel like um, Jeremy Renner in Arrival, I mean, he is a fellow scientist. Yeah. So. And he's there to support her. Yeah. Like, and yeah, he's not trying to like sway her in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the the question of faith comes up in like the, the backstory for Amy Adams' character much yeah. more. It's not about like some dude swooping in to teach her about the right. unknown. It's like. Her a personal having, connection. Yeah, to, and like her having to decide what, like what is valuable in her life, mm-hmm. and like what pain can she put up with, and what joy can she pursue. Yeah, it also I think it is a movie that just loves, knows, and loves, and is smart about language in a way that no other movie I've seen is. Oh, I love including that. Including just like spoken language, and also just the language of film. It knows. Yeah film really well and i think that's another good connection with contact um because it's it's about trying to find ways to literally speak with people with whom you have no way to physically speak try to form a connection yeah yeah it's really good um close encounters of the third kind i feel like zemeckis gets compared to spielberg a whole lot and this is contact is one of his spielbergiest movies um there's a lot of that same sort of wonder and grandeur uh but told through a very tight personal lens um interstellar i don't know probably we haven't seen it yet but it's got matthew mcconaughey and he goes to space this time he sure does love space yeah uh i would like to watch it very much no it's supposed to be good that's yeah yeah, like that's been on my like hulu list for a while Mm -hmm. or something yeah we should check it out and you should too probably um or tell us that we shouldn't it's true let us know um this one's a little out of left field but i couldn't shake the feeling that it would it would actually work uh under the skin um a movie from a few years ago starring starring scarlett johansson um it is a much much darker bleaker take on the sort of unknowable alien story um but also with a really strong female lead performance um scarlett johansson plays an alien who is here on earth who uh essentially poses as a prostitute and lures men to their death uh that sounds like a really trashy b movie and it's like something really gross but it's actually super compelling and Mm -hmm. meditative and admittedly a really deeply unsettling take on what it would be to actually be an alien presence here on the planet and sort of observing humanity as something with no real frame of reference. Um, uh, It finds these, you know, the alien in this one is more of definitely more malicious than in contact. um, And almost nothing about the movie is explained. It's very sort of lyrical and quiet. um, And it has one of the most like upsetting scenes I've seen in a movie, um, not because of violence, but just because of the situation. Oh, um, weird. Yeah, but so if you're feeling a little grimmer, like if you watch yeah, Luther and Contact and you want to go more towards the former. If, so basically it's like that is the crossover. Yeah, that Under is the, the crossover. Under the skin is the actual crossover. Yeah, um, it is a really beautifully dark film. Um, but not a pick-me-up for sure. Uh, Proof, uh, play by David Auburn, that was then made into a film adaptation starring Claire Danes. Um, it was Gwyneth Paltrow. Was it Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, and I just looked it up. You did looked it up? Okay, yeah. I... Damn. Well, I kind of wish it was Claire Danes now. I know. She would have done she would have done better. I think what if Patra did a perfectly no, fine job? No, she was job. very good she at it. She is a perfectly fine performer. Yeah, but I think Claire Danes is just good in everything. Oh, she's fantastic. So, you know. Uh, Cry your feels, Claire Danes. It's true. All the feels. Um, but Proof also sort of scratches the female scientist driven partly by a relationship to her father, Itch. Um, it's probably a little more dated than Contact these days, which is a shame because it was made in 2005 as opposed to in the mid-1990s. It's a little bit of like female scientist goes crazy because of emotions yeah um, but I mean, it's interesting I mean, yeah like i haven't seen it since the movie came out but mm-hmm. i feel like i what i remember of it was like 
these dudes not trusting this woman mathematician yeah. because she's a woman and the daughter of this famous guy. It definitely yeah. has that. Um, and it's and it's not necessarily like you're not a you're not a real mathematician. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure it has a lot of that. Like she's having emotions. Right. It's it's getting in the way of everything. Uh, but it's a well it's a well crafted play and movie uh so yeah worth a check out um if you see it on netflix um mass effect the video game uh it's a super great trilogy by bethesda um it similarly deals with humanity being out among the stars so sort of the end point of contact um especially because the way that you transport between areas in mass effect is riding this kind of interstellar transit network that was constructed by some unknowable past race of aliens um so no one knows where they came from they just kind of built this stuff and then disappeared um admittedly this is way more on the space opera magic shooty adventure side of the coin uh, and Carl Sagan would probably not or would probably have hated it frankly um, but it crafts a really incredibly compelling narrative uh, it gives the player just oodles of choice in how they move through their story um, which then has further ramifications on how the story plays out I made a lot of mistakes in one of my playthroughs and it resulted in some really wrenching end of game moments um, and uh, some people got mad about the ultimate ending of the trilogy but get over it it's a great series and they did fine uh, <laughs> wow somebody has some thoughts yeah people people felt like after a, after a game series that was all about making individual choices and your choices affecting things that not enough options were offered at the end okay. for a narrative but like at, at a certain point you gotta wrap you a story gotta up. End the game. you gotta yeah. t- you gotta tell a story um the martian uh science as a solution to things yeah um, and like i'll look at like people like doing science mm-hmm. to to accomplish like, tasks. To accomplish amazing things. Yeah. Um, definitely a, like a different tone than Contact, but it's got all the optimisms and the sciences and just good, good stuff. Um, I and- actually, the, the movie was on at the gym the other day. And mm-hmm. like, I've seen the movie and read the book and enjoyed both. And like, I got like, like super choked up when they were like pulling Matt Damon yeah. back onto the ship. But I'm like, oh, good job, guys. Yeah, it's really effective. We science that. Mm-hmm. Um, the World of Tomorrow, uh, it's a short animated film by Don Hertzfeld that's one of the most beautiful and funny and sweet and sad meditations on life and humanity in the future and sort of where we're going and how we get there uh, that I've ever seen. Um, just go watch it. It's like 20 minutes long. It's on Netflix. Um, I will almost guarantee that you'll love it. It's real good. Uh, and it features voice acting by a four-year-old girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, and then finally, Cosmos, uh, the TV series. Um, there's the new one with Neil deGrasse Tyson, which is also really great and probably easier to find. But uh, the old one starring Carl Sagan is also still really fantastic and and charming and gives you a sense of how just how good of a communicator he was as a scientist and how genuinely he came about his sort of passion for getting people uh, excited about the world and the universe that we live in. Um, he, was a, he was a super awesome guy. So, uh, so yeah. And we did it. Yeah, we went to space. We went to the grim and gritty underbelly yeah. of anti-space. Dark, dark and light. Yeah. It's all there. Star Wars it up. Um, wow that's I mean that's science right? that's just science right there yeah (laughs) Uh, but any if people want more of these sorts of polar opposites coming together uh, where can they find us they can find all of our content at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com including all all our links from the show notes today Mm -hmm. and once they have stewed in the dark and the light and come out they can tell us their opinions on who Alice would kill first in the cosmos universe it's still Matthew McConaughey well yeah it better be or you're wrong Uh, but you can email us your thoughts at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com you can join our Facebook community at crossoverappealpodcast and you can um, share your thoughts on what this crossover would be called. Oh yeah, that's I want to hear fun, that title for this one. To do. Yeah, two one word or one word titles are tough. When you're yeah, um, hybrid words encouraged and welcomed. Um, you can tweet at us about any old thing at crossover appeal. Yeah, um, tweet some Idrisalba gifts because oh, yeah. that's the light we're gonna get from this real it's depressing true. show. Help us cancel the apocalypse yeah. one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and most importantly you can subscribe to us uh, on iTunes and other podcasty places and please read, rate, leave ratings yeah we really like it and so does our dog Bodo yeah he, he just loves it the most he's very tired out right now and he's got little vampire teeth poking out um, Aww, yeah. but he, he was a real good boy today he was he did so. not throw up in the car 
That's true. So leave a review for Bodo's sake. Yeah. Say congratulations to Bodo. Mm-hmm. It'll be a great non sequitur for anyone reading these <laughs> exactly. reviews. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we'll be back here in two weeks with a new concoction for your listening Ooh, pleasure. delicious mm-hmm. crossovers. Uh, and until that time, uh, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Thank you.